Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. This episode, not so random. I'm treating myself, I'm picking my own movie for the first time ever, picking my favorite movie. And I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear about it. I know it's not the best movie ever made. I know that. I've done better movies on this show even, but my heart belongs <laughs> to The Crow from 1994. My guest this episode, my most frequent and fervent guest, Christopher Lambert, is here, as he so often is. Hello. We've lost count now how many episodes you've done, but he's always there for me. I think this is, I think this is 23. a boy. And so I almost hit a quarter of, of your total. <laughs> and my dear podcast friends, Sam and Liz, from Fright My Podcast, who I feel like we have... Maybe I'm full of shit, but I feel like we have helped each other grow like i know i feel like my show probably gained some listeners from when i was on your show yours hopefully maybe has picked up a few from your appearances here so uh i can i consider you my my sister show so in in, in my heart i knew yeah i knew there was there was nobody else i wanted for this so oh that's so sweet (laughs) And of course, every every 25 episodes uh, is a full-length feature commentary, as this one is. So, no notes. For everybody at home, we have our, I mean, because we're cool, we have Blu-rays and DVDs of it. So, <laughs> we, have, we are paused four seconds in <laughs> to the Miramax logo. We're looking at the Brooklyn Bridge. For people who have to stream it, it's on Paramount Plus, if for some reason you have that. It's on there, or else it's on Pluto TV, which is fine except we will have commercial breaks so you'll have to i guess pause the commentary until the commercials are over i don't know it's not a perfect system but this is what i want to do i've done 100 episodes and this is for me it's not for you you can listen if you want it's for me (laughs) i guess before we hit play here what's everybody's because we're gonna we're gonna want to be talking about the movie what we're seeing on screen as we're watching it but what's everybody's life with the crow <laughs> so far you know how did how did it become part of your soul as <laughs> it me chris <laughs> through me i mean um, let's be oh, real yeah, I'll, I'll go first is it the first already movie i yeah, ever snuck you into um i think so i think it was i know we we'd snuck many home and watched them in the basement before but i think that that was the first one you actually got me into a theater to see and we didn't manage it on the first attempt the first attempt, we got caught. <laughs> the guy, the guy did not fall for it, and you were like, "Well, uh, eight seconds is playing over there, Chris. I'll see you in an hour and a half." Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm watching it again. <laughs> I saw it seven times in the theater. So, wow, the crow, yes. seven. Yep, yep. Oh my god! It's the most. That and Beauty and the Beast, weirdly, are the two movies I've seen the most. Beauty and the Beast, I think I saw five times in the theater, but that's wild. Yeah, I'm an eclectic character. Yeah, and, and yeah, it just became it became a huge thing for me through you because you you were very in love with it and opened my eyes to how awesome it was and and that has stuck with me my entire life. I mean, if I know the folks at home can't see this, but if the girls want to see, I have a little shrine on my desk oh my with all my. Oh, that's cool. That's crazy. <laughs> you ain't kidding. That's yeah, crazy. I like the figure. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I'll go last, so you ladies, you're, uh... Oh, okay. 
love uh, affair with the crow well I, I watched it i watched it when i was younger for the first time and my my aunts are a little bit older than me so they're kind of like my sisters so i watched it through them and i just loved it so much and i was a goth kid in junior high so it like really spoke to my soul uh-huh. and i had like crow pillowcases posters and shirts and everything and i had a necklace that his picture was inside i got it from hot topic like and a like, locket yes i still have it it's like so embarrassing and i still have the pillowcase i slept with it and traveled with it everywhere uh it's got holes in it now so i don't sleep with it now but i used to like fall asleep to this movie all the time so it's just a movie that i'm super super familiar with and super comfortable with and i just love it that's it yeah Mine is similar to, I feel like I watched it a little bit later and yeah, like I love it. I love Brandon Lee. It's just like such a shame what happened to him and everything. But, and I feel like when it came out, it didn't have like huge like status or anything, but now it's since become like a, such a cult movie that people love so much and they like resonate with. And I love that. I also kind of low key think that it could be like in Batman universe. <laughs> Like, I mean, like, the whole city looks like Gotham. It's a big Gotham, yeah. Well, I think the same production designer, perhaps. McDowell, is that his name? I just wanted to show you guys I was not kidding. I have it on this. <laughs> <laughs> not a joke. And unopened VHS. Yes, yeah, a sealed VHS also. <laughs> yeah, the big VHS. Fans. Big fans. I had to buy the VHS because young kids, you might not know this, but VHS stores back in the day the way they even were able to stay open was they would buy copies of the videos and the, you couldn't go to Walmart and just buy a VHS of a movie, usually. So they they cost them like $100 or something and then they would rent it so they got their money back and then maybe they'd sell you a used copy or something. I went into the video store and I said, how much is a copy the day it comes out? They said $100. I said, sold. And I, bought, I spent $100 for a Crow VHS because I wasn't waiting six months or however long for it to show up at walmart or something so yeah it just came along it came along at the perfect time in my life i had my first girlfriend so everything is very heightened and this is a movie about you know loving someone so much that the grave won't hold you (laughs) you know what i mean like so it really and i was also beginning to be able to conceptualize my own mortality and shit like that so it really really came at exactly the right time to become this cornerstone thing for me and then you have the soundtrack on top of that and yeah i don't know it's just i don't i don't care what it bothers me that it's sort of its cultural footprint recently kind of the only two ways that it's kind of sort of re-entered the conversation is one dwight schrute what that (laughs) because he dresses up as the crow in the office and ha isn't that funny what a fucking loser this guy is fuck that I dressed up as the crow many Halloweens in a row when I was a teenager. And, um, and then more recently, this Baldwin shooting on the, you know, the set of that Western Rust, this movie got, the crow got mentioned a lot in or pretty much any article about that. It was like, this is, this is like what happened on the crow. And people were like, what is that? You know, people don't know about it. Then maybe researched it and stuff. But so that kind of sucks that that's the most recent kind of, <laughs> you know, attention anyone has paid to it. But. I don't know. Let's get, let's fire this up. Let's get this going. We're not here all night. We're already almost 10 minutes in. So I'm going to count down from three, two, one, play, and we will all hit play. You at home, us here, and we will begin this wonderful journey. I will be trying very hard not to recite every line of dialogue on my. <laughs>
Bam can do that with a few. <laughs> yeah, this Nightmare of a Christmas, Princess Bride, probably Reservoir Daw. I mean, a bunch from that time when there wasn't streaming. You didn't have a million things to watch every day, so you would watch the same movies over and over and over again. I can't wa- I can't rewatch anything anymore. There's too much new stuff. I don't have time to rewatch things anyway. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. All right. Miramax logo. And I'm not, I don't want to talk too much in this about Brandon Lee's death specifically. I think it's pretty well documented. We don't need to get into all of that. There's the first thing we see on of the movies, Brandon Lee's name. Uh, it's no mistake that my firstborn son is named Brandon. <laughs> That's how hardcore I am. <laughs> Devil's Night. A big fan. Detroit, burning down. I do, I do still watch this every October 30th. Yeah. Aww. You gotta. It's a Halloween movie. It's a Because <laughs> who the fuck gets married on Halloween anyway? I almost did once. <laughs> Didn't work out, but <laughs> no. I almost did. <laughs> There's... Like, this is God. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is such good miniature work, too. Like... Yeah. This is all miniatures and then zooms into yeah. a set. Like, that's just good. That's good filmmaking, man. Yeah. Ernie yeah, Hudson. I, I know it has a lot to do with lighting, but it's so well done. Yeah. It's always cool, too. It's kind of, like, trippy, especially when they pan out a little bit later with him in the window. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool shot. Ernie Hudson, never not great. Yeah. Well, amen. Brutal. <laughs> he is—he's the one person from this movie that I have actually gotten to meet. He is a lovely, lovely man. That's awesome. He seems so sweet. He does. But yeah, I don't want to—I don't want to talk about Brandon Lee's death itself so much, but I do want to talk a bit about him and his career prior to this and what I think. Because I think a lot about what what would he be right now if he had lived. Because you can see the progression of Brandon Lee getting better and better as an actor every movie he's in. Because he's in Laser Mission, this stupid thing with Ernest Borgnine, and he's not good. He's not good. He's a bad actor. And then he's in is it Showdown in Little Tokyo, where he's kind of second fiddle to Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. And he's getting outacted by Dolph Lundgren. That's bad news. <laughs> But then he did, is it Dublin Back? No. What is it? No, that's a John Glavin Nam movie. Bullet, what's the name of the movie? Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. He's in Rapid Fire, and he Rapid is much, much better in that than he was in Showdown in Little Tokyo. And then this, you can't take your fucking eyes off this guy. Like, he's just, if he's on screen, he has your attention, man. And he's so good. But this is a guy who didn't, he was tired of being just Brandon Lee's son. Or Bruce Lee's son. He didn't want to do kung fu movies and action movies anymore. He wanted to do Shakespeare. Like, he was a serious, for real deal actor who kind of got stuck in this one mode, but he wanted so badly to get out of it. He was hoping this would be the catapult to do that. And so I think a lot about, like, you know, what his career after this would have been if he had lived. I think it would have been 
interesting to see, and it's a, a loss. It's a shame. Yeah. I almost kind of think he would have been more like um, if he had stuck with action, like almost like the next Keanu Reeves. Yeah. And it's interesting yeah, that you say that. Bad. It's interesting that you say that because I discovered something yesterday that I did not know. Uh, Brandon Lee's stunt double in this film is a gentleman by the name of Chad. I have it here. Um, Chad Stahelski. You will, unless you know this already, you will never guess who this man is now. Uh, he went on to be Keanu Reeves' stunt double in the Matrix movies, and then the stunt coordinator and fight choreographer, somewhat, for the other Matrix movies and a bunch of other, a ton of stuff. He is now the director of John Wick, John Wick 2, and John Wick 3. Oh my god. That's a pretty good, wow, that's that so ain't bad. That's, a, that's not a bad career, man. That's, that's pretty good. Bad trajectory there. <laughs> Started from the bottom and now we're here. Amen. <laughs> that's insane. I feel like this movie is such a nine time capsule. <laughs> like it is like quintessential peak 90s. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I made the mistake. I can't think of a movie that just the other day of reading through all the letterbox reviews for this movie, and it just made me boiling with anger. So, because it's a lot of people who, <laughs> first off, if you you will lose count of the number of reviews who are unironically saying that, like, well, this is just like the Joker, right? No, <laughs> first off, it's not because this movie is good. Joker's a terrible movie fight. I think but also came out 30 years later. Like, what are you even talking about? Like, like this ripped off the t- people. Are, I hate Letterboxd so much. Anyway. <laughs> I can't trust it. It's a bunch of plebs. Like, I have been let down by Letterboxd so many times where they're like, this movie is great. Five stars. It still holds up. And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be awesome. And it's the worst movie I've ever seen. I feel like it's a joke. Sometimes I feel like I'm being like deceived. Well, it's either people like, who are way, way, it's either people who are way too up their own ass and consider themselves real movie critics and talk blah 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 blah. Nothing's good. Nothing's you know everything's terrible, unless it's like French New Wave or some shit. Or it's people who <laughs> their idea of film criticism criticism is they 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 put like a one star review and then like this happened to my friend Shane. There's 20 of those in every movie, you know, and it's like, why, why did you even type that? Why are you wasting yeah. my time? <laughs> That's why I have to say. Anyway, enough about Letterboxd. There's no in between. <laughs> no. You can see yourself. <laughs> Although I did like my top gun. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I don't think I'm the first person to throw this out here. This is probably the weakest performance in the movie, right? This little girl. <laughs> Not for nothing. She sucks, but she's like, he was a butthead. I couldn't handle it. Shut up. <laughs> Why don't you sit down, little girl? We are kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was a butt And here we have our collection of bad guys. A lot of kids and <laughs> 
especially. They always give them the corniest. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, these bad guys. It's like gang of bad guys. It's like <laughs> I don't know, but Michael Wincott at the head. You can't get better than that. Well, they're all. Yeah. Speaking of, good of performances, like I, I can't. Aside from Sarah, I can't point to a mediocre performance in this movie. Everybody else is so good. Even the crow, like the actual bird. (laughs) (laughs) Consummate professional, that guy. Yeah, exactly. He He showed up on time every day to set. (laughs) He understood these. No, but it's it's true. Yeah, everybody in the everybody in the bag. Everybody in the bad guy gang is pretty good, or really good, except maybe, what's the, oh, why can I not remember this, the, because there's, who, Skank? Skank. He's maybe, I don't know about that guy, <laughs> his performance is a little all over the place, but it kind of feels appropriate too, because he's supposed to be this tweaked out fucking loser, so. Yeah. Some Stone Devil pilots going. Yeah, I think we should spend, since there's that little cue there, we should spend a, a moment talking about how awesome the soundtrack in this movie 100%. is. Yes. It, it was the first motion picture soundtrack I ever spent money on. It's still probably my favorite. Well, it's also the that first... Like, to my knowledge, it's the first motion picture soundtrack. I mean, it changed the way movies do soundtracks because it was the first movie that did a soundtrack of all original songs by current rock band, you know, who made songs just for the movie. Nobody had done that before, and then it became every soundtrack until maybe a couple of years ago. <laughs> it's just, it became, as far as I know, this was the first one. So, and it was very, the soundtrack is maybe made more money than the movie did i'm not sure but it's so cool i mean the soundtrack movie is fantastic Mm -hmm. but like you said it is it is very much a time capsule yeah (laughs) exactly i mean this guy's back muscles what are we even doing (laughs) <laughs> and that's probably not I think anytime you are very specifically seeing him from behind it's probably not him it's probably the stunt double or another double but I'm here for all of them I don't know yeah. <laughs> I was actually interested I know we weren't going to talk a lot about his death but I was interested in seeing like at what scenes they put a different per- like I think it was one of his friends I want to say um just kind of felt for him like after everything had happened at the end um just like trying to see like where the other double was for him throughout I think they had to like reshoot something I'm pretty sure he he filmed most of the movie but um it was like he had a few more days left well right there when he's coming in the apartment you can see if you look close that is the one shot that they like repeated it's the same shot from him in the alley kind of shivering in the rain that they cut out of that scene and put into him because they didn't have footage of him coming through the door. So they sort of like, not CGI'd, but cut and pasted that 
skin. And you can kind of see it, but it doesn't, it doesn't look too bad. All of this stuff is a double. Right. Anytime it yeah. seems like, boy, they're really going out of their way to not show his face, <laughs> it's a double because they hadn't, you know, and they had to reshoot the death to scene entirely because it was a bit different. I believe he he walked through the door with a bag of groceries and they shot through the bag of groceries was what the scene originally was. So they had mm -hmm. to reshoot all of that. But I got to say, they did such a fantastic job filling those gaps because these these shots of him stumbling around the apartment, having the memories hit him are beautifully done. And you don't lose any of that emotion just because you can't see his face. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you would truly never know if if someone was watching this movie and didn't know that he was dead. You'd have no idea that it wasn't. him, Right. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's the thing is this is old enough that there's this new generation of kids coming up. I did see letterbox reviews of people who were like, I watched this movie and I liked it. And then I looked up and I found out what happened. Like they just found out last week, <laughs> you know. I'm like, oh, that's so sad. I'm like, yeah, it is. Like, you just now learned about it. That's what I think is so scary about getting older, though. When I worked um, at the movie theater for the 100-year anniversary of the Titanic, they had released, or like the sinking of it, they had released the movie Titanic in the theater. And we were playing the trailer for it. And I heard a little girl say, oh, my God, that guy looks just like Leo, but like hotter. And I was like, that... <laughs> 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 That's funny. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting. We heard so many things. Yeah. Because we worked at a movie theater, and so we heard a lot of things. <laughs> Just, uh, Especially when they re-release movies like Titanic, or, or I'm trying to think of another big one. It'd be cool to, um, it'd be cool if they re-released The Crow. That would be cool. That'd be really cool to see in the theater. Yeah, maybe for like a, what would it be, a 30-year anniversary? Coming yeah. up, yeah, yeah. I'm sure in like LA and New York, they probably did like a you know 20th and 25th anniversary. Come watch it and thing. I'm I'm sure that happened, yeah. but far far from yeah. anywhere I live. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> That's some pretty edge lord shit. Swallowing bullets. And put, <laughs> I mean, that's a little try hard, maybe, <laughs> to show us how crazy these guys are. Yeah. He has another cool apartment. <laughs> you know, he has a very cool apartment. <laughs> I love that yeah, when the, the uh, Luke and I were talking about that, the window, especially the window on the floor. Yeah. Oh, the flashbacks. <laughs> so sad. I know. Yeah, I love, I, I know I use that phrase a lot. <laughs> but, um, and this is more for people who maybe aren't as studied of this as we are. I'm sure you guys know this, but uh, it's, uh, I remember reading an article way back when this first came out about how the way Alex Preuss did this was so that all these flashback scenes are so vividly colored that when you look at the rest of the movie, it almost feels black and white. Like they, they washed out all as much color as they could in every other scene 
So you could almost look back at it and think, oh, that that movie was kind of black and white. And then these scenes are so violently technicolor that they stand out. Yeah, yeah I agree. It is just a very all-around dark movie. Well, because that was that was but... life, and this is you know, the rest of the movie's death. You know, yeah. but that was life being lived exactly. by beautiful people. Yeah. One of whom, Chris, an odd connection to this show. We did a, a, an episode on a movie long, long ago. I don't remember what episode number it was now, but uh, a movie called My Stepdaughter, which was directed by Sophia Sheenis, who played Shelley in this film. So she has appeared on this oh, show wow. before, oddly enough. This is probably why people say he's like the Joker because of the makeup. <laughs> because you see that and you can't think, like, have another, just have another frame of reference. Just, there are uh, yeah. other <laughs> movies, man. <laughs> That's some iconic shit, though. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I definitely remember... But I like that he's not just like... Nope, go ahead. Um... I like that he's not just like a like a killing gene. Like he is, but he has like humor. He's like charming, like a genuinely charming person, like character. <laughs> yeah, and he's funny and he's like captivating. He's like this <laughs> like this ghost you want to make out with. I don't know. He's just like scary but <laughs> hot and like <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> But I remember, I remember watching the news with our dad, like the 10 o'clock news, the night that he died and they were reporting on it. And this was before I didn't know what the crow, what the hell the crow was, but it was like, oh, this guy, Brandon Lee, he's Bruce Lee's son. He died making this movie. And the frame of reference, like now the frame of reference for this Alec Baldwin shooting thing is the crow. But when the crow came out, the frame of reference was like, nothing like this has happened since Twilight Zone, the movie. When John Landis killed yeah. that dude and those two kids. Oh, yeah. Fuck John Landis, first off. Oh, but, <laughs> but I remember seeing that and going, and just it lodging in my head and going, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to watch for it. And then the movie was obviously delayed like a year. It didn't come out till summer of 94. But I did. Yeah. Then the comic, the, the comic got finished, so I went and got the, the graphic novel of that. And fell in love with that before the movie even came out so that was yeah i was all on board before it even before it even came out yeah, we, we, and i want to say we missed we, the cure didn't we get the soundtrack didn't we get the soundtrack before the movie came out too the soundtrack came out a week or two before the movie probably but the commercial was i had that had son of a pilots all over it, and i was like this is a good song i like this so we went out and got the cd for sure <laughs> but we missed the yeah the cure was playing during the that's a great song when he was putting the makeup on and then we just had nine inch nails covering joy division right yeah
wonder if Waxwork Records did like a re-release of this. I'd be surprised. They probably did already, but they always make like the like the fun vinyls. <laughs> yeah, I know a year or so ago they did like a record store day re-release of it and I missed it and I was very, very sad. Yeah. Well, not just the... They could have made it look really cool, but soundtrack of like rock songs but also we had the score i well, I still have it i'm looking at it right now <laughs> the the score on cd too the score by graham revel is really maybe that i don't know if that's how you say his name or not the score is really good like even just starting in at the beginning coming over burning detroit and it's got that like kind of this pounding kind of the score is really good is my point <laughs> yeah that i do have on vinyl <laughs> <laughs> And he he did the he did the score for City of Angels too, and it was it was excellent. I love the score work he did on that movie too. There's a second crow. There's a second crow movie, isn't it? Like there's, there's three. three. Oh, we're we're, <laughs> we're gonna talk about all that. <laughs> I think once the end credits start, we're, yeah, we're going to get into sort of the rest of the franchise um, and sort of the legacy of where it's going from here, but we can save that till the end. Oof. Yeah, and it's a brutal fight, but he was, he was very conscious about, I don't want to do any kung fu moves. You know, like in the yeah. whole movie, he only there's a part in the nightclub where he kind of he does like a like where you're laying flat. You kind of I don't know how to describe it, but like a get up, you know, <laughs> like a get up jump. That's a little martial arts. Yeah. But there's no he's not doing any roundhouse yeah. kicks on people. It's all very it's like just brutal, like street fighting. Like. And that was very much he didn't want to. That's again him wanting to not be. I'm not just. Bruce Lee's kid. I'm not like, just a kung fu guy, you know. Give him a superhero landing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> They all make clothes like these? I mean, I wouldn't. I don't go to clubs. I know. Like, they got the nipple rings. I'm always like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything looks so wet. <laughs> yeah, it's so grimy. It's so grimy. It's like watching Blade. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> what is that haircut? Jeez. I don't know. I don't think they know. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've ever seen another person with their hair cut the way Kubrick's <laughs> hair is cut. He's got like bangs, but a ponytail. <laughs> it's like he wants to have the ponytail in the back, but also like dumb and dumber in the front. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tony fucking Todd. Yes. Yeah. Round of applause. And then by Ling. <laughs> <laughs> Making a prominent appearance. Ugh. 
I swear she went on like America's Got Talent and got like lit up for singing. Filing. Yeah. <laughs> in like the 2000s. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> She's done some interesting things. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> She's an odd one. Yeah, you forget. I guess, well, you don't forget, but you, maybe you try to forget that they're brother and sister. <laughs> this is before Game of Thrones and people were like, yeah, whatever, it's fine, we like that. They normalized incest. <laughs> Michael Wittcott is just such a good bad guy. <laughs> Yeah, bad. Got nice hair. Well, it's the voice. Absolutely. It's that voice. You can't have that voice, voice and play sure. a hero. <laughs> That's true. He's like Michael Shannon. He's just always a villain, even when he's not. And look, I can I can look at this as as a as a discerning viewer who's an adult now, and I can see where people look at this and go, "This is kind of stupid, isn't it?" This, these people like burn eyeballs for no reason, <laughs> like smoke the smoke or breathe in the smoke from. And everybody's just so like. I mean, the bad guys are kind of over the top, but whatever, man. <laughs> I don't care. Let me live. Yeah. <laughs> it was the 90s. You do what you want. Exactly. I'm depressed. <laughs> I was always confused by that when I was a little older. I was like, is she is she eating them? What is she doing with them? This was directed uh, by Alex Proyas, mm -hmm. who after this, well, before this, he did a bunch of NXS music videos, and NXS is one of my favorite bands. Okay. And uh, after this, he did Dark City, another great movie. Uh, oh. And then his career fell directly off a fucking cliff <laughs> because he has directed <laughs> nothing but absolute dog shit since Dark City. Uh, he did iRobot with Will Smith. He did what was it? Gods and Kings. That stupid Egypt Egyptian god oh, thing. Gods of Egypt, yeah. Yeah, Gods of Egypt. Uh knowing that weird ass movie with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Dumb Yeah, so oh. he's Yeah. This and oh, Dark oh. This and Dark City were definitely the uh, the height, and then it was all downhill from here. I think I've seen Dark City. I have not. Now, how do you feel about the character that they ended up cutting from this movie completely? That the, Skull Cowboy. The that Skull was Cowboy. Yeah, that was a thing in the comics that was kind yeah. of a, just a visual representation. Well, it was. For this, it was played by the guy from The Hills Have Eyes. What's a um, Berryman? Is that his name? Yeah. Under a yep. bunch of makeup. Mm -hmm. Yep. Michael Berryman. 
And I think it was a combination of they never quite got the effects down the way they wanted to. And then also, after what happened, I think they decided it was a little morbid, perhaps. So they cut all of that out. I like that it exists as deleted scenes that you can watch somewhere. I don't think the movie suffers for having it gone. I actually don't either. <laughs> I think it's fine. I just was curious. I had learned about that. I think um, on that show on Shutter, the one about like the the, the, the no, not films. history yeah. for it. Was like, curse? Oh, curse! Yeah. Films. Yeah, I didn't even know that there was supposed to be a cutout character until I watched that a couple years ago, and I was like, oh, that would have been interesting, but it literally makes no difference. I suppose there are probably a bunch of people who are first learning about this movie from watching first films as well, which is, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Those are so sad. They're interesting, but they're sad. But I mean, story, film-wise, story-wise... The Ponscap scene. No, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say the... This will take a minute, but uh, this scene reminds me of a conversation, a mini conversation that I wanted to have on this show for a while, but this movie is the perfect example. And I, I just wonder how many, you know, people under 30 have no idea what I'm going to be talking about, but you and I know very well, I'm sure you ladies do as well, that there was a time where when movies were moved to television for the first time, they would have edited for TV versions. Yes. <laughs> and for the longest time, because I still lived at home with mom and dad, the only version I had of this movie was one that I went over to my best friend's house and recorded on VHS off of UPN. Oh boy. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, and the, the, the edited for television version of this movie is one of the most hilarious examples ever. Like I, sometimes they would just like mute a line, but when they replaced a line with something else, which again, I, I don't think they even do that anymore. I think they'll just mute a line yeah. or you know, most most networks don't even care anymore. But but yeah, they would replace a line with another actor doing ADR, and it was always something just ridiculous that no one would ever say. Like the line later, <laughs> I feel like a, a little worm on a big fucking hook became I I feel like a little worm on a big fishing hook, but the voice didn't even oh match. <laughs> and it just sound it just it just sounded so ridiculously <laughs> stupid. Incredible. I would yeah. say that. I would say that movie, and uh, I've seen the original Friday the Thirteenth, like the made-for-TV one, and it's atrocious. <laughs> they literally <laughs> cut away at all of the kills, so there's like no gore, but it's like half the movie is gone. <laughs> the craziest one of those I've ever seen was, for some reason, I cannot begin to fathom they showed mall rats on the abc family movie and you better believe oh my God. every single line of dialogue in that movie was changed every line jay jay muse would come out and start to talk and it was just a completely different person's voice for every line of dialogue he had 
he was redubbed because everything he says in the movie cannot be on television. <laughs> so why even have it on TV then? Don't do it. That's not a good idea. Yeah, that was probably not a good idea. No. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's no fire truck It says a lot about Brandon Lee that you can bury him under this makeup and he still gets so much across with his face, like just his facial expressions, like from bemused to angry to like, and he can change on it on just on a dime. Ah, he's so good. Yeah. He's wearing the the makeup isn't wearing him. Right. <laughs> There was your J O Bar cameo in the back. I remember, that was J O Bar. Yeah, yeah, that was the uh, carrying the TV. I thought so. Writer and artist of the original comic book was the guy carrying the TV in the back there. That's awesome. We love the cameo. <laughs> That's a guy who I did. I did meet J O Bar at. Uh, Wizard World Chicago in 2001. Uh, but I didn't know he was going to be there, so I didn't bring any of my crow stuff. <laughs> and it's one of the biggest disappointments of my life. Like, I came around the corner in Artist Alley, and he was just there in a little booth. And I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's Joe Barr. And then I'm searching through my luggage, because I brought, I had like a thing full of comics, like a suitcase on wheels full of comics to get signed. But I, I didn't bring any, did I? No, I did not. I brought no crow stuff because I didn't know he was going to be there. He wasn't like listed on the thing, so I was that was a bummer. That's when you grab whatever you can find, like a random piece of paper or a pamphlet, and be like, "Sign this." Okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's when the sign my boobs thing makes yeah, sense to I me. Like just <laughs> whatever. <laughs> sign my neck. I'll get a tattoo later. It's fine. <laughs> I have a similar but more embarrassing story when I met J.O. Barr at Megacon in Orlando, which I had not seen a picture of J.O. Barr since, you know, around the time this came out. And, uh, like, I didn't know he was going to be there. So, again, like you, I didn't bring anything for him to sign. But I just wanted to meet him when I found out. And so I found his booth. And there's a black guy sitting there who's obviously not J.O. Barr. And then there's a guy sitting there with like like really short hair and a baseball cap. And I did not recognize him as being J.O. Barr. I thought he was just like like one of the handlers. And I'm like, hey, do you guys know if Jay is going to be in the booth? And he looks over at the guy sitting next to me. He's like, I don't know. Is Jay going to be here today? And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Hi, man. <laughs> I love your work. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that 
that'll, that'll haunt you. What if I'm like, I'll see myself. Slowly <laughs> back away. Right. <laughs> That's almost as bad as when I oh ran into uh, Eddie Izzard in the bathroom uh, at NDSU. Why he wasn't, why? There's a bathroom backstage. I don't know why. He didn't use that one. Why he was out uh, at the public bathroom, but I came around the corner because I was there to see him do stand-up. And I walk in the bathroom, and there he is. We're, we're like a foot apart from each other, and I just went, uh... And he's like, he's looking at me, expecting me to say something. And I didn't say anything, and then he just like walked past me. <laughs> I felt like that was bad. I didn't feel good about that. I feel like if I ever saw Eddie Izzard, I would have been like, Disco's, Disco's dead, man. I don't know, something from like Mystery Men. <laughs> we just met a couple people at um, a, a convention in Chicago, like what, a month ago? Yeah. That we went to, we met um, Malcolm McDowell and Doug Jones and they were like so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that on uh, and Instagram. And Tom, Tom Arnold was there. Yeah, Tom Arnold was there for some reason. <laughs> yeah, promoting what? <laughs> what? What is what is he in lately? I don't know. I feel like he needed money for something. <laughs> he was like, can I come to your convention? <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's coming to Pensacola Pensacon this year, and I, I'm like why it was just kind of like hey remember me type of thing <laughs> right we actually do follow each other on twitter for some reason so <laughs> oh i don't know why yeah i, I think probably because i made fun of roseanne one time and anybody who does that he friends them on twitter <laughs> so I feel like it's weird how much we're not talking about the movie that we're watching, but I think it's because we've all seen it so many times that it's just, it's not like something that we're watching for the first time, you know, that we're like, ooh, look at that, ooh, you know? And... <laughs> exactly. I could turn my back to the TV and, and, and so just many... recite it. Like, so. there's so many... <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's so many good lines in this movie, though. Like, every... Every line in this movie is like a tattooable line. I feel like, <laughs> you know, like I know, like like Keith said toward the beginning. I honestly am finding things to talk about, so I don't talk along with the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I don't want to do that, to you guys. <laughs> no, that's probably I not fun to listen Beyonce to. Enough doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. I know. Yeah, there are oh there, there are a lot of great quotable lines, but there also are some weird moments where the like the little girls' dialogue about buttheads and hot dogs and farting and and then it always kills me those cops later on who not once but two or three times say what the crap in a movie full yeah, of profanity. What is that? <laughs> Just say what the fuck or what the shit. Like why are you saying what the crap? This is a grown ass movie. <laughs> That sounds like one of those lines that, like, 
was dubbed over for TV. Yeah. But it's in the exactly. final. Yeah. I think they... <laughs> yeah. Like, what the crap? I think in the TV version, they mute the line. Oh, it's like, really? it, it said crap. He already self-edited. <laughs> like, that's what you'd say in, like, first grade to be edgy. What the crap, man? Oh, heck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they, if I remember right, they muted or changed, like, every single swear word. Like, not even stuff of course. that you could say on TV. Like, like... They audio rearranged the line in the pawn shop where Gideon says, What the hell are you talking about? To just, What are you talking about? Oh my God. Like, you can say hell on network television. <laughs> no. Well, and it's just crazy how far we've come as a society as to what we can show or say on TV because now certain channels, I mean, like, words as harsh as like the C word, like, they just let those fly and i'm like oh but you couldn't say what the crap back in the day yeah and like even on like abc these days if you put a you know parental guidance in front of it you can say pretty much anything yeah <laughs> that look when he turns well, his people are getting shot. shot when he gets shot through the hand and he turns around and he does the like Oh, 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 I'm so hurt with his back turn. It's so, God damn it. It's so good. It's such a good performance. I don't know. <laughs> Some pretty dodgy yeah, special effects right there. But... What did you say? Oh, some pretty, the shot through the hand closing up. is a That's one of the not-so-maybe-great special effects in this movie. It looks real. Eh, yeah. But what can you do? It's that always, I always look at it. But I mean, you gotta love the the Jesus Christ joke. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jesus Christ walks in a hotel. <laughs> oh my god! I just really thought that whole scene with Darla though was just like it's so sad, but so happy. I guess in a way because then she does end up trying to get her shit together for her daughter, but yeah. yeah. Well, and here is another, kind of the other big deleted scene. Because once they took out the Skull Cowboy stuff, they had to take out the explanation that his powers, he only has his immortality and regenerative powers as long as he's on his mission of revenge. If he's taking sidetracks to, like, help junkie moms and help the little girl, his powers shut off. And so there's a scene missing here where Funboy runs back into the bathroom and starts cutting him up with the straight razor, like, in his back and on his arms. And that's why in the rest of the movie he's got duct tape all over his arms and all over his torso. That's never explained mm -hmm. once you take that scene out. He just suddenly has duct tape on for kind of no reason. Because those wounds aren't healing That's so up. interesting. I didn't even realize. Yeah, I always thought it was like, not an aesthetic thing, but like, because he'd been like shot at or whatever, like maybe he was like stitching his clothes together or something. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you can pass it off as that right. and not even have to really explain it, but <clears throat> that is the origin of, of that. Yeah. That's so interesting. I literally have never even heard of that or thought of that at all. So interesting. Yeah. If you guys have the Blu-ray when this is over, you should look at the special features. It's The deleted scenes are in there, and that's one of them. It might be on the DVD, too. I 
Yeah, I think so. Because, yeah, it cuts right when, when he's standing in the bathroom doorway and he's looking at the hypodermic. It, there was a cut right there where Funboy jumps out of the bathtub behind them and starts cutting them up, and they kind of have another fight. But that's that got taken out because they had to take out all yeah. of that and he, like, mention of his powers going Fun away. Funboy, like... Yeah, and Funboy, like, grabs the bag of heroin, like, shoves his face in it. Yeah, he and, like, <laughs> he's got heroin all over his face for the rest of the scene. Or cocaine or whatever it is. Yeah. Heroin, yeah. That's another getaway steam head. What is that? What does that mean? I mean, I guess he's high as shit. Oh no! But what does that mean, steam head? No, it's no. He says you're wasting it. Yeah. Well, maybe we we might be on a we might be a couple seconds off from each other. But when oh. he's when he's oh, putting him down oh, on the okay. ground and putting the needle in him, he says getaway steam oh. head. What does that mean, steam head? Oh, okay. Weird. Oh, okay. We might be a couple seconds off of each other or something. <laughs> I gotcha. I also love that, like, it's like the quintessential, like, 90s action star, like, with the long leather jacket. That's, like, the, <laughs> the staple. <laughs> yeah. And it started with this. And and by 99, it was the Matrix. <laughs> a, a duster will never go out of style. I mean. Because <laughs> then you got guys like, uh, who, who's that book guy? That John Wynn? Uh, Dresden? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I told Heath before we started recording that I had to fight the urge not to wear my, <laughs> my duster while we did this. You yes, should've. you should have. <laughs> I should have painted my face. Yeah, we don't. No, we don't. We don't need to get too crazy. I made a. a... <laughs> oh, let's get crazy! <laughs> it's Halloween in June. <laughs> Halloween every day. Yes, can't rain all the time. <laughs> I always loved this scene though between uh Albrecht and Eric, or you know, like. Just the explanation of Shelly and how he was there. And it's just like, it's so sweet that, I don't know, he finds a, I feel like he finds a friend. Yeah. Somebody that actually cares. Yeah. And for those of us who have, you know, loved this movie for so long and researched it, finding out how much that a bit of this was improvised by Brandon. And now it's, it's actually some of my favorite lines from this scene. Yeah. Yeah. The nothing is... Uh, what's the line? Nothing, Nothing is, is trivial. trivial. Nothing is trivial was an improv. That's man, that's good stuff. I think the scene like really humanizes him too. Like it breaks up all the action and like the gore and everything to just be, like this moment <laughs> of like character development. I love that. And I didn't. I mean, I keep forgetting that until I watched this scene that for most of this time, he doesn't really remember much. Like he's, he's going largely on instinct and what the visions are showing him. So he has to ask Albert what happened to them. Yeah. And to fill in those gaps. Yeah. He is only getting the flashes of what happened from when he touches people. So he gets their sort of point of view and he's sort of storing it up. That's a superpower. That's definitely, 
in the movie, not so much the comic, but it becomes his ammunition later to be able to win the fight, you know, in a weird way. And then the sequels would mm-hmm. add superpowers to this that are wildly unnecessary and make me very angry. <laughs> but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> also, we skip right past the fact that Ernie Hudson was standing in his kitchen in his boxers but still had his police hat on, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> It's a great visual. <laughs> I know. I love. I love when Eric looks at me. He's like, "You still have your hat on." Acts <laughs> all embarrassed. Do you guys not also do that? I mean, I do that. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I've always loved that line too. I thought I'd use your front door. Yeah, just like the yeah. vault. Or that's no. I'm not, we're not there yet. I'm sorry. No, we were. The, just the shattered like vulnerability on it. I mean, yeah, look yeah. at that man! Like that's a broken ass yeah. man oh, who Lord. ten minutes ago was killing guys with needles. But like, but this <laughs> is the real. That's like the spirit of vengeance, you know. But this is like just the guy who misses his woman. And there is something to be said for this. Is a very kind of bare bones death wish, prompted by a woman being raped and murdered. Which I don't. I don't love that. You know, that is an issue with this movie but I feel like this is kind of middle you know there's been a bunch of movies since this one that have done the same thing and so in each progressive one it's you know less and less tolerable <laughs> I mean like this is 1993 so it's still not great but probably doesn't bother you as much as if it's 2022 and we're still doing that shit so right and and I, it was done way more tastefully in this movie than it has been in many other movies mm-hmm. yeah just your cabinet full of swords look at that massive there's always a wall <laughs> like, of swords. Yeah, like you do. <laughs> Every bad guy has a wall of swords. <laughs> or a vault of guns. <laughs> yes. Well, see, they're only half brother and sister, so it's not 100% gross. It's only 85% gross. <laughs> <laughs> In some parts of the world, it's totally fine. Yeah. Westeros. Exactly. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> I don't know why they killed this guy. I mean, I do, but I don't. Uh, he's worthless. Yeah. He's a little, <laughs> wor- he's a little yeah. worm. I always question the Yeah. Well, pawn shop burned down. What else does he have to look for? <laughs> Awful touching. It's like a low run, Danny DeVito. <laughs> oh. I like any time in a <laughs> that's for fuck's sake, Donnie. That's great. I like any time in a movie where someone dies in the middle of laughing. That always, like a couple weeks ago, Chris, we did yeah. the limit. There's a scene in there where the two guys are laughing and they get evaporated by nitroglycerin. Like I just, I don't know. That always does it for me. Yeah. 
so unexpected. Mm-hmm. I never really noticed it before, but was it just because Grange was smoking or was it like cold in there in that room to the point where everybody's breath was visible? I, I didn't see anyone else's breath. I think oh, everyone okay. is smoking. <laughs> is the thing. Okay. Gideon no. was definitely smoking. Because okay. I, I just remember I was thinking about it because I know I remember watching the behind the scenes stuff and this and every time Every shot from that set, Brandon was always wearing like a like a parka between shots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cold in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, where they were filming this. There was the what was it? Top Dollar's Lair. The, the set for that was the same set as the as the. Uh, Shredder's Lair in the Teenage Ninja Turtles. It's the same set, just redressed. The warehouse nightclub oh. place. Oh, really? Top dollars. But yeah. That's insane. Because oh, cool. they filmed a, a shit ton of movies on that back lot in Wilmington. Tim Burton stuff. <laughs> I love the fire it up thing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's some stuff I would do if I was drunk. <laughs> so banging away on Darla. Skank's the one guy in your group of friends you're like, why are we friends with this guy again? <laughs> like, we all have something in common. <laughs> Who is, is this like somebody's kid brother? Why is he here? Right, like, <laughs> part of the group. Because <laughs> no one seems to like him. They just, he's like their little lap dog. Exactly. Everybody needs like that bitch boy, I guess. Ugh. Now, this is why you always check the backseat of your car before you get there. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I've seen Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> I read scary stories to tell in the dark. I know how this works. stupid ass hair that's another one <laughs> like what <laughs> who talks like that but I guess it's original I'll take original insults over the same old <laughs> shit I guess at least he tried you know A for effort Oh, here it is. <laughs> what the crap? 
do you know where you live and you're gonna say it like that <laughs> well then his friend spills the coffee I feel like I feel like with some of her friends that's how I feel like as a passenger like ah <laughs> along for the ride please don't kill me exactly <laughs> Oh, and it's wild. Having seen this, and so I saw this in the theater seven times, and then I saw it on VHS a ton. But I've only watched it on—I've only watched my Blu-ray of it. This is maybe only the second time, and there's even for a movie that I've seen probably fifty times, there's still little things like how pronounced those three scars on T-Bird's forehead are. I never noticed that kind of really before. Yeah, I was just thinking about that, like all the little character details that like they never talk about or explain, but they kind of speak to the person's character. Like the I was I was actually thinking about the ones on his cheeks that kind of look like scar burns. Yeah. We got one on each cheek. I do think it's interesting though, the guy that plays T Bird was also in John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, there's probably, yeah, there's probably a bunch of people that became Circle. friends friends on this set and maybe even like trauma bonded over yeah. their experience and the Batwicks and the, <laughs> the Batwick. Or even like that it's a big deal in the comics, but you you can't even see it very often in this movie. The scar that Eric has that runs from the corner of one eye across the bridge of his nose. You can see it every once in a while. I mean, you can see it a lot better now on this Blu-ray than you could on the VHS or DVD for sure. But in the comics, that's a big deal because he got shot in the back of the head and the bullet came out the corner of his eye and then like arced across his nose. And that's why he has that scar. But it's just a little subtle detail that they just added to the makeup that they don't really even talk about. I think in the movie it's supposed to be he was cut by glass from falling through the window there. But yeah, yeah. like you can so see it, but they never really see the blood yeah, across his nose. They never really like focus on it or get into it. It's just a cool little detail. Same with the the bullets that he ties into his hair. You can really only it was, that's a big part of the comic is every guy every guy he kills he ties one of the bullets in his hair. Yeah. Um, and you can really only see it in the movie at the end when he comes into the church. There's a shot where you can see them swinging in his hair. The rest of the time, you can't really... That's kind of the only time. And you might be like, what is that? Even, what is that? <laughs> if you don't know. I haven't seen that before. Why? You know? I always I always noticed them in the, at, in the big shootout at, uh, at Top Dollar's Place when the lights are strobing. You can kind of see them hanging in yeah, his hair. Yeah, kind of twinkling. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> Ironically, killing each person with their favorite thing. I mean, that's that's always a nice thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the beautiful art piece that follows. <laughs> God bless. I want to know how he got it so perfect, though. <laughs> I know. Master of his craft, honestly. <laughs> Well, I mean, this. Oh, God. is this technically a zombie movie? <laughs> I was, you know, I was thinking about that <laughs> the other day when we were. He's a he's a revenant. He's a revenant because a revenant is a zombie-ish, but like driven by vengeance, right? That's what a revenant is. That's I think that's what he is. Right. 
But to me, it always bugged me, especially as a kid, after I had seen this the first few times, that every time we went to the video store, this was in the horror section. It's horror adjacent. No, I don't. But it's not a straight action movie either. No. I think it's horror adjacent in its content. I mean, we do a lot of like movies like that on our podcast where it's not like we did the verbs and the verbs isn't like a horror <laughs> movie. But I mean yeah. the idea of it is like horror. Yeah. It's very loose. It's a gray line. What was the movie we just did where we were like, it's not really horror? Shape but of it's, water. Oh yeah, the shape of water. <laughs> it's a monster movie. It's horror adjacent. <laughs> it's horror enough. See, in my last episode before this was uh, uh, this Spring, movie, uh... which is a similar movie in a lot of ways to The Shape of Water, so we kind of got mentioned on the last episode, too, so that's funny. <laughs> yeah, that is funny. <laughs> but in this, in this movie, the monster is the good guy, and the victims are the, <laughs> the bad guys. Yeah, honestly. The anti-hero... <laughs> Kind of like that show Dexter, you know? It's like the, the, the serial killer they're hunting is like technically kind of the good guy in well, a way, even though he's still a killer. Yeah. Ish. He's killing for good. Exactly. He's killing the killers. Eric Draven's just taken out the trash. <laughs> <laughs> he was so happy for a second there. Yeah. And I bounced in his step and then <laughs> <laughs> Torres had to deflate it. I don't know if you guys listen to Ice Nine Kills at all, but they did a couple like albums where they're all like horror movie theme songs and they did mm-hmm. one about the crow. And so the music video kind of, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's cool. <laughs> that's that's how that band was brought to my attention because I saw that band, I was like, what is this? This is like this song is just the pro, and then I was like, oh, that's what all their songs are in the horror I thought that's pretty cool. They're not somebody I just sit around and like listen to, yeah. but I think it's a cool... It's a cool idea. Yeah, concept. Oh, yeah. I love the creativity of it. They were very fun to see in concert. Big prop, guys. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. Okay, what I said earlier about no real mediocre performances, I guess I would have to lump Torres into that too. Yeah, he's, he's really great. But he's also being given, like, kind of, not for nothing, kind of the most cliched, you know, mean boss, mean cop boss dialogue there is. Like, it's not... like earlier when he's like, you're a beat cop, <laughs> beat it, <laughs> or whatever he says. It's like, oh God. Uh-huh. Please leave. <laughs> like a 10-year-old wrote the script for him. <laughs> right, exactly. Kick rocks, kids. <laughs> Another sad little behind-the-scenes thing is I, uh, for me, I've always thought about is the fact that I learned that 
Brandon like took weeks and weeks of guitar lessons to learn how to play a guitar for this part. And then that that scene where he actually plays on the roof isn't even him. And that makes me sad. Oh, that is sad. Well, that was another, not to mention letterbox reviews again, but that was one I ran across a lot was like, look at this goth bitch boy sitting on the roof playing guitar. What does that add to the movie? Like, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. <laughs> it's a cool scene. Like, that was his life. His life. Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> that was, his life was Shelly and being in this band. And now, so, you know, he can't let the man play guitar on a roof like a sad boy. Let him do it. It's fine. He's earned it. rude i love that the cat's name is gabriel and he's white like a little angel <laughs> so sweet my little black cat is looking at us right now nice and fat side, <laughs> he wants to be part of the podcast we have a little white cat just like that that hangs out outside our work and when i first started working there i started calling him gabriel oh. and then they told me that he actually has a name i'm like no he's gabriel yeah, so <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't care what his name is. He's Gabriel. He's always Gabriel. <laughs> that white cat's pretty clean for having lived in an abandoned apartment by himself for the last year. <laughs> he should be a little dirty. What's he been eating and drinking? Yeah, um, that too. Well, I mean, him, it rains all the time. So the water's nice. plentiful. Well, that's true. That is true. I can't even imagine how good this would feel though to like be able to hug and touch your friend after a year of like them being gone. Yeah. I can't even believe it. I can't even imagine how that would feel. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb and say that that must be a double because they went quite out of their way to not to keep his face covered. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've actually always wondered because it's never been addressed, but I wondered if that scene got changed from the original scene in there when he died because the the next the next time we see Sarah and she's talking to Albrecht, she says something about but we can't be friends anymore because he's dead and I'm alive. And I wonder if there was a scene where like, instead of them hugging and stuff, he was like, you need to leave. You got to get out of here. I, you know, I can't. Mm-hmm. Or even just, it might've just been her ex- or him explaining yeah, to her or whatever. It might've just been him explaining to her like, hey, I helped your mom out and look what happened. Like I got all caught up. So like, obviously... Yeah. Not your not you're on your own kid, but like I have my mission and I need to stick to it or it's gonna be bad news. Yeah. Yeah. That could be Oh, she brought the cat with her. Yeah, maybe I actually <laughs> see your point because I feel like she seems sad in this scene. Whereas before she, you, you think she would have been happier, you know? 
Yeah. And I, I have, I have a copy of like the original script, but I know it's very, very different from the shooting script uh, and so many changes. So that's not really a help at all with that. Cause it's like in the original script, top dollars character was an Asian guy named Lau or something like that. Oh. And so that, that's was changed completely. So I think they, they did a lot of changes as they were shooting too. Honestly, I don't care what those people on Letterboxd say. These guitar solos kick ass. Like <laughs> <laughs> the music video within the movie. Exactly. <laughs> it's like watching videos in my head. Honestly. And it's not like this is like sad emo music. That's like rage music right there. Ex- yeah. Exactly. I mean, I guess I would question if you're, you know, if you were so devoted to revenge that you can't hang out with this little girl but you have time to go out and play guitar i mean i guess i see what they're saying but <laughs> he's has to, he has to wait for nightfall for them to all collect here anyway so what's he supposed to do in his downtime yeah let him play guitar yeah this club just seems like a cesspool like i would never <laughs> <laughs> i would not want to touch anything in there <laughs> you can smell it oh exactly Oh. Only only scumbags hang out here. Exactly. <laughs> this is the kind of place where I feel like if you were like hot, you could get let in at like 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get shut down by the police every 20 minutes. We don't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the speedy underground. Yeah. Police aren't coming anywhere near this place. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Even if just to avoid having like we are the law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate her little bush. I know. Give your villain a nice uh, scenery chewing speech to make. Super villain speech. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, the super villain table. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, where do these people all come from? Where do they? Where do they meet? <laughs> they know a guy. Right. Knows a guy. They all know a guy. They're the guys <laughs> that everyone knows. <laughs> How are they still making enough money in Detroit to stay here and run a business? In it? it looks like there's not much Detroit left. It looks like they burned most of it down. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> it's literally all burning. Then when they're done, like, do they take their little operation elsewhere? Next time over. Right. Also, do you think he's wearing a wig? I don't think so. It looks like another guy. Who, Michael Winka? Yeah. Love that shot so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
That line has always got me. You don't want us to light no more fire, no fire <laughs> for the whole city. I've like, I've tried to, <laughs> I've tried to diagram that sentence in my head, and I can't do it. <laughs> Sir, what? <laughs> can you, can you repeat that? <laughs> <laughs> like that meme with a woman trying to like with all the yeah. formulas around her. <laughs> Butterfly service. <laughs> That's baller shit, man. Just push the chart of the way and just Jumping up on the table, sitting cross lit like crisscross applesauce, not a care in the world. He's just such a badass. Yeah, so you can see the <clears throat> yeah, there's this hair there. Yeah. He reminds me of a mask. I don't know why. Yes. A lot of people erroneously think or assume that be just because of the sheer amount of bullets flying that this is the scene where Brandon Lee was killed, but it is, it is not. No, they would they would never have left it in the film. Right, exactly. Like, how dumb are you? <laughs> Why would you think that? People... <laughs> <laughs> now, we're not going to count... We're not going to count how many times he fires because... We like that. We like this movie, <laughs> well, no, we and we don't want to think. We don't want to think about it <laughs> because uh, it's, it's a lot without reloading. I mean, I he mean, does. Honestly, he does drop it and grab new guns. A number of bullets. He's a he's a red. He's come back from the dead for revenge. So, like, I think you know, I think we're good there. He's a zombie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Send your disbelief at the door. Just leave it there. Exactly. <laughs> I love the fact that, that there, someone just fell out the window into the crowd, and the band doesn't stop playing until later when somebody falls on the stage. <laughs> but when they just fell into the crowd, everybody's like, ah, keep going. Right. It's fine. <laughs> and the crowd doesn't disperse either. They're just like, oh, now the mosh pit is turned up. <laughs> <laughs> like let's go oh yeah bust into that wall of swords baby let's go I like the music that right there is kind of the only sort of martial artsy type move that he does yeah, kicking that guy out up. the window like that this music oh, here the score for this with the strobing yeah, lights oh god it's so good yeah that was that was that was 48 bullets in that gun. <laughs> magic gun oh you didn't really see it in his hair there
so strobey. <laughs> it's not a good day to be a bad guy. What the crap? <laughs> I mean, come on, man. <laughs> I wonder if his partner's like ever like. In twice, like the first time. Like, that is, yeah. <laughs> oh, I got. I'm stuck in the car well, with what the does. crap guy again. <laughs> <laughs> with spilled coffee all over me. <laughs> also, I do have to say, when Skank's like, "I'm not Skank, but Skank's over there," and I'm like, "That's me at work trying to." Make <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know her. Let me forward the email to the proper channels. She called it. She's <laughs> no longer here. Parkour. 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 <laughs> Movie invented parkour. Parkour. So this is our second uh, roof run. Love a good roof run. Right. Oh. <laughs> I love that I guy. Like Tell me that guy's story. You're just hanging out. You're hanging out by your trash <laughs> in your barrel fire, drinking your uh, forty malt liquor, and a fucking ghost just falls out of the sky <laughs> and crashes into your hovel. <laughs> <laughs> This is why people think homeless people are crazy because they're gonna go and be like, "Oh, ghost, he fell from the sky!" And like, no, no, beat it, mm -hmm. <laughs> beat it, kid. And my back feet all bloody. <laughs> yeah, way to go, sticking Albert was like, dude, I always had to clean his passenger seat. <laughs> a bad friend is our dreaming. Her lips are all yeah, her lips. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah, the it's the '90s lip with the I'm heavy sure. lip liner. Yeah, exactly. The McDonald's arch. <laughs> <laughs> and Tony Todd, that cigarette is like barely dangling. <laughs> He's actually disgusted by that. Yeah. <laughs> to your bottom lip. <laughs> exactly. Put a little gorilla glue on there and just go about today. Well, and that's them adding some more supernatural rules to sort of even the odd, you know, if we can kill this bird, then he'll lose his pie, and that's, you know, they made that up. <laughs> well, there's also gotta be, you know, everyone's got a weakness. He has such nice teeth. <laughs> really nice teeth. Well, that's a good one. Well, that's a great moment too. Like finding joy and innocence in these children after you just killed thirty-five guys in <laughs> a good point, you know? That's pretty <laughs> 
Oh, it's the duality, you know. He doesn't even break stride. He's just like, okay, on to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been like, what, two or three days? Why is she wearing the same clothes? She broke. She broke up. Right? It's been a few days. Yeah, she doesn't really have a, a, a mom to tell her she needs to change her clothes. <laughs> she just got her mom back. So. Yeah, that's true. I always thought this movie took place over like the course of two nights. I think so. I think he has ruined men for her. She'll never date again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only that were true. I'm guessing you, you have not seen The Crow City of Angels? <laughs> uh, well, it's honestly, it's been some years. <laughs> I remember renting that on VHS <laughs> as a kid. <sighs> and then what's the other one? Oh, God. Let me look it up. There's... The Crow, The Crow City of Angels, and The Crow. There's The Crow Salvation. The crow, the crow. Yes. And then there's The Crow Wicked Prayer. Which one's the one with Which has Eddie Furlong. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? David Boreanaz. And is the, David Boreanaz. the reason that I did not watch Angel or Buffy for years and years after people were like, why don't you watch that show? You would love that show. This is a show made for you. And I'm like, is David Boreanaz in it? And they said, yes. And I said, then I'm never going to watch it. Because he is so, so god-awful in that god-awful movie. Yeah. It's funny, a lot of our friends say that too. They're like, you never watched Buffy? You would love that show. And I'm like, Ooh. I love the movie. <laughs> Yeah. With Pee Wee Herman in it. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, he's like, you got blood on my jacket. Or my block. <laughs> you know, it's weird, but not until watching it this time on Blu-ray did I notice the, the graffiti above the door to the church that says demolished by neglect? I've never noticed that before. I love that. I love when you can watch something like still find like new things. <laughs> it's the closest you'll get to like watching the movie for the first time again. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Dang, that, that was my ringtone for many years. That's incredible. How cool to have a face off and like a broke down gothic looking badass church too. More gothic oh, than that. The most goth. 
Well, Brandon Lee, he played that whole moment so good because he's facing down this guy and he thinks, you can tell from his face that he's like, I have nothing to worry about here. This guy, what is this guy doing? He knows I just killed all of his men. He can't hurt me. He has like a bemused look on his face of like, what the fuck is this guy about with his sword? You know, because he doesn't know that like, oh shit, I can be hurt now. And then the realization that, oh shit, I can be hurt now is so like, his face just does, tells you stories, Mm -hmm. man. And I, I'm not, I'm not positive, but that's the only time he swears in the whole movie, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, probably. I think so. jumping and ducking behind pews it's a cool place to have a shootout no I <laughs> like these guys just literally came out of nowhere and I just love this part so much it's like I thought you were like invisible I was I'm not anymore <laughs> <laughs> I love that line yes. no other explanation You're right you don't need one The makeup's mostly worn off his face, so he's almost like skin tone again. That's another more yeah. noticeable thing on Blu-ray here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not any <anymore. laughs> Just like he was done, he was ready to go home. He was, you know, he didn't, he, because he, he had killed Top Dollar, didn't, I mean, he was in charge of things and sent people there, but he wasn't there at the scene. He could have left his vengeance yeah. basically complete, you know, but now he's been jerked aside to do this other <laughs> side mission, side quest. Right. <laughs> Poor dude. This music here is also some of my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And just like the lightning flashes, the lighting is so good. Love when she gets got. Oh, me too. If there's nothing more satisfying. Crow pecking at her face. The crowing. Yeah, it's that's what I'm talking about. Like it's it's really calm and serene and then it goes all wild strings and stuff when she's getting attacked. And it takes her eyes. Oh, thank God. That needed to happen like an hour and a half ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> everyone will die from their favorite thing. Hers was <laughs> taking people's eyes out. She's going to lose her eyes. I guess his is swords? I don't know. <laughs> Pointy objects. Pointy objects, yes. That's his favorite thing. Maybe it's, Maybe it's being on top. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's on the roof. I don't know. <laughs> 
he's finally fallen. Exactly. He ain't no bottom bitch. I don't know why he <laughs> his sword. He just reminds me of like something out of Peter Pan. <laughs> He actually, yeah, he actually does have real Captain Hook vibes right now. <laughs> From the hair to the, like, the, the vest thing he's wearing, like. The vest! Yeah, it's the vest. It's the vest, sword, hair combo. He's a bit piratey. that church. I wish. <laughs> I wish. No. I wouldn't change it. I mean, look, I'm not saying every movie should end with a sword fight in the rain on top of a gothic cathedral, but more of them could. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> exactly. I'm just going to put a simple suggestion out there. I'm going to put my suggestion in the box. <laughs> exactly. It does make me wonder how the, like, just the apparatus mechanism, why, like, so he crawled out of the grave, unrotted in any way. I mean, assuming that, you know, fix itself in there. But if, and now his body is dying again because he's been stabbed, so he's going to go to the grave. But if he hadn't gone and had this fight and he had just, you know, gone back to wherever when he was at the grave before, what what would happen then? <laughs> does he just like reabsorb into the ground? I don't know the mechanics of how that would work. He does he does kind of just vanish anyway, but Yeah. No semantic semantics. <laughs> yeah, that's me overthinking things. I'll shut up now. <laughs> they really do be like in this falling thing though. I love that gargoyle fountain. Like, are you kidding me? I need that. I just wish he could have won his life back. <laughs> yeah, yeah raise Shelly back from the dead. Right. You can't have her own vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's that is my fervent wish if they make because they did a novel of it. And they did a comic of it where it, the crow is a woman. That's what the next movie should be. You know, it should. We've had enough men seeking revenge because something happened to their what? Put the shoe on the other foot. Have it be a woman who has more probably reason to be aggrieved and vengeful than anyone else. You know, whose husband was killed or something. Like, why not? Why not? Hell hath no fury. Right. Like a woman's. Way, way I mean, cooler. they both—they were both wrong. 
They were both yeah. wronged and like killed too okay. soon, but she was she was like raped and like brutally beaten. Right? He was just I mean he was thrown off the window, but yeah. like when he died instantly, she was it in the was, hospital for thirty about- hours of the agony. Like if anyone should be coming back from the dead, it's her. <laughs> so that should be the next crow movie, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Not her specifically, Honestly, but I, a woman. I wish they would do. I wish they would do uh, the. I think it was the second graphic novel that was ever released, Dead Time, with Ira Shaw as the main character. That was a good story. Mm-hmm. I loved that one. It was it was her avenging her and her unborn baby. Which movie was? And it was a comic. Oh, it was, it was one of the graphic novels. Oh, okay. Called The Crow, Dead Time, and she had really cool face paint too it was like mm-hmm. a crow that went over her eyes it was, oh it was so cool I wish, I wish they'd make that into a movie awesome. and they they did a pretty good one a couple years ago i think tim seeley might have written it hang on quiet but hang on was, quiet uh, for a second quiet for a second. just a one shot somebody asked me on twitter the other day <laughs> sorry but somebody asked me on twitter the other day what's the first time you cried watching a movie you're looking at it right here. Not the first or second time I saw it in the theater, but the third, for some reason, the third time I saw this in the theater, this moment, her coming through, like, this, like there's steam coming off of his body and he's dying and she comes out of the shadows bright and beautiful to take him, like, I, like a baby sobbing and I did not care who saw it or heard it. <laughs> That's beautiful shit, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you, Chris. You were saying something graphic novel, the new one. No, no, you're fine. I was just they uh, they did a like a one shot like single issue thing a couple years ago for IDW. I think it was Tim Seeley wrote it. It was called like Silent Night or something like that. And that one had a, a female protagonist. That one was really good too. That's all I was saying. <laughs> Closing shot. Aww, that's, that's what makes I know. And there you have it. The Crow. Yeah, let's talk about the franchise a bit. There was a sequel called The Crow City of Angels, the only other theatrically released sequel, which I don't actually think is a terrible movie in and of itself. Visually, it's doing some kind of interesting things that are different from this one. The problem with that movie is, the main problem with that movie is, is that it's almost beat for beat the same movie as this one. <laughs> like, it's it's very formula. It's this formula repeated, except instead of his, it's his him and his son that were killed, instead of him and uh, his fiance. They have the Sarah character grown up, and she's like sort of his love interest, kind of. It's weird. And they also add more like magical powers to the crow where like the bad guy kills the the bird and drinks its blood and then he can like summon an army of crow. It's real stupid. Real stupid. (laughs) So that's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, then there was Crow Salvation, which was straight to video. It had Kristen Dunst in it was the love interest. That's a guy who gets sent wrongly to death row and gets electrocuted and comes back and takes care of the people. And that problem with that one, it's not even terrible. It's just, it's really dull. It's shockingly boring 
for a movie. A crow movie should not be dull. Yeah. And then there's the Crow Wicked Prayer, which was based, they did a series of crow novels. It's based on one of those. The book was bad. The movie is somehow even worse. Yeah, it's got Eddie Furlong and <laughs> and David Boreanaz and, oh, who am I forgetting, Chris? There's another big star in that movie who's also terrible in that movie. Um, he plays the rapping priest guy. Oh, De- Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Oh, my God. That movie he might be is a nightmare. The worst thing about that movie, which is saying a lot. Usually he's, he's good. I know I love Dennis Hopper. No, he, like, like yeah, he's like... This old white guy, but his all of his dialogue is in like Ebonics rap lingo, and it's oh God. so cringy to watch. And and yeah, David Boreanaz is like like he didn't start super chewing the scenery to like the last like twenty minutes where he gets possessed by the devil. Yeah, man, it's so and so then crazy. it's like the director's like you know Jim you know Jim Carrey just do that. <laughs> But it's wow. probably, it's the least needed sequel other than S. Darko, yeah. which um, for my money is the <laughs> least needed sequel ever. But Exactly. And then there was also, there was a television show called The Crow Stairway to Heaven, <sighs> which was, the pilot of which is oh. just a shit remake of this movie. And then the rest <laughs> of the series, it's, it's Highway to Heaven, but with The Crow. So he's going around from place to place, helping people with shit, and it's real real stupid there was there was I remember a while there so excited no don't be excited <laughs> want i i wanted to love it so bad and i tried I but it was yeah it was so awful there was talk and for like, a number of years i remember reading no finish there uh, i was gonna say i, I remember reading like articles when it was coming out like he mark dacascus who plays eric in the show not a great actor in anything he's in but he uh also in the john and that was one of the problems is they that was another problem is they they got a martial arts star to play eric in the series because they took it back in like a martial arts direction which was a mistake but I remember like reading the interview with him where he's like yeah I, I knew Brandon growing up and like I took classes with his dad and stuff and and like he did this weird thing during the interview he's like sometimes it feels like he's here with me and he like looks over at this pot while I'm pissing on his grave karate style I was like dude don't what are you doing yeah that's no good yeah that's no good there was talk for a number of years Rob Zombie was going to make the crow 2025 or something it was like some cyberpunk bullshit and you can fucking keep it i'm so glad that never happened <laughs> what a, what garbage that would have been oh my god and now of course I, there's I the talk, like talk yeah they keep threatening the to remake the original there's been a number of people cast a number of directors now it's jason momoa or maybe he's out again now who fucking knows i don't need it you- no do a new story now it's and I now think it's Bill Skarsgård. Yes. Bill Skarsgård and something I don't need it. I think FKA Twigs is well cast as well. I don't know who she's supposed to be, though. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who the director of this one is. I I don't know. I, I'm i fully not on board with the, the remake of the it. reboot. At all. Oh, especially when you have The Crow lends itself to so many. What it should be, the only thing it should be, is an anthology TV show like American Horror Story, where every season is a different crow. 
and you can have it in a different yeah. time, a different location. It could be in ancient China. It could be on an Indian reservation. It could be women. It could be men. It could be... It's unlimited, the things you could do, rather than remaking the Eric Draven story. For why? Why? No, thank yeah. you. No, thank you. Now it's been done so many times. Exactly. <laughs> that it's hard to like, okay, like what else are you going to do with it? You know, leave it alone. <laughs> right. I mean, like uh, an American horror story would honestly be like the only logical answer, but I just feel like to make, I don't know, to remake a movie that is just so classic and it has such a story around it. I, I just feel like it takes away from it a little bit. I don't, it's not necessary. It's a totally fine. It's a perfect movie. I wouldn't change a thing about it. Why are you going to remake it? I feel like it wouldn't hit the same being made now as it did back then. I don't know. They're probably just trying to reach a new generation of people. Well, I think the themes and the, and the ideas of it can be applicable to any, you know, generation or decade or whatever. But yeah, don't, when you have a, a performance so iconic, not only just within the movie itself, but then all of the backstory surrounding it and all of that, just do a different character. Don't try to, don't put yourself under that pressure to compete with that because you're going to lose. Like, don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're setting yourself up for failure. A lot of remakes and reboots and all that. It can be said for a lot of those. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That will do it. The credits are over. We're back at the DVD menu. Hey, um, <laughs> finally, I think I've said about all I need to say other than, yeah, flaws and all, this, this remains my favorite movie. And that's why we chose it for that was loud. episode 100. Any final thoughts from anyone else before we say goodbye? And I press the magic button back back to it, back to normal, to see what uh, next week's movie will be. Oh! <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would just say that still love that, like, people even today are finding it and finding out how awesome it is. And because, I mean, more now than ever, I run into people when I'm wearing like one of these shirts out and they're like, Oh, I love that movie. It's so awesome. And I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> Isn't it? You know? And it's, it's, I think in the last few years, it's kind of found another an audience again. Yeah. I, I love don't that. care how or when they get to it. If they're finding it, and that, that, that makes me happy. It'll live on beyond old fogies like me. So. But you want. Yeah. All right. Well, we all love the crop and you should Let's press the magic button to see what next week's movie chosen completely at random from everything streaming will be. Pressing the magic button now. Next week's movie is <laughs> not, not the crow. Uh, Munchies from 1987. Uh, no, that's not a stoner comedy. It is a, it's one of the many uh, ripoffs of Gremlins. You know, there was Ghoulies and Critters and uh, Munchies is like the, the D tier version of that. Uh, no, I think, I think I've seen that for sale at like Disney. Munchies. <laughs> uh, yeah, Munchies from yeah, 1987. That's one of those that I remember seeing. The VHS box the back in the day. Go to the video mm-hmm. store, seeing it on the shelf, and going, "I wonder what that's like." Even yep. as a kid, though, I looked at it looked at it and went, "That looks dumb." It yeah. is on Tubi <laughs> only, of course. So that's everyone's homework for next week. Should you choose to accept it, Munchies from 1987 on Tubi for episode. 101 a new era begins uh my thanks to i won't bother i won't bother you to do an episode for a long long time because you guys have come through for me 
on is this the third time now? Three different occasions. Aww. But I love to have you. I love your show. Third time. Third time's a charm. That's right. <laughs> Everyone, go listen to Fright Mike and their Patreon too. So many good bonus episodes. Not to get too inside baseball because you're doing you're doing better now. But I know. Maybe, if you don't want me to say this, I'll edit it out. But for a while there, I was your one and only patron. <laughs> so I, I felt like you were making episodes just for me. <laughs> you have more now, so that's good. <laughs> right, right. I can cut that out if you want me to. Sometimes all you need is all it takes. Audience of one, baby. <laughs> and thank you to Chris. Who's always there for me. <laughs> my whole life and oh, also for I this, this. Uh, no, of course also thanks to my beautiful about to be wife Carrie who puts up with this shit a couple times a week <laughs> and me spending time watching bad movies <laughs> instead of doing things with her and recording and editing and all that stuff uh, and also a quick shout out to Sebastian Moreno who's been a guest on the show a number of times but is even though he's not related to me in any way is like the number one booster forever of this show he's always tweeting it out and talking about it and tell like he's just a good dude who has boosted this show in a big big way so shout out to sebastian we'll see you again soon on an episode i'm sure that will do it for a magical 100th episode of that's so random a random movie podcast let's make let's go to 200 it'll be, it'll be wild but actually i did a, i knocked out 100 in like a year and a half i don't know how i did that but because <laughs> I only did um, anyway yes thanks to all of my guests from the past and to everyone who listens especially to I've actually listened back for the first time I've listened back recently to the very old episodes before I knew how to edit or had good equipment and I deeply appreciate the patience that my listeners had <laughs> for those to get through there's only three or four of them that are actually like hard hard to listen to but none of them sound great but they stuck with it and we're much better now so I appreciate everyone who's listened along the way. I'm just rambling now. Fuck me. Anyway, thank you to everyone. Thank you to Sam. Thank you to Liz. Thank you to Chris. Thank you to everyone. That'll do it for this week. Have a good week, everyone. Goodbye. Well, congratulations. I lost. I <laughs> completely lost my train oh, <laughs> at the end. But, right. It's a big deal. Now you got to think about what you're doing for 200. Exactly. <laughs> It'll be the Princess Bride. It's a lot of work. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> do my do my second favorite movie, why not? There you go. <laughs> Incredible.